0: Wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening. This edition of How to Be a
1: CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of the Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of twenty five thousand pounds, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. ES Audio Every successful entrepreneur will give you the same advice when it comes to setting up a business. Find a problem that needs solving. Well, that's exactly what entrepreneur and now CEO Richard Maybe did. I've never yet met a person who's told me that they didn't find working with contracts painful. Back in 2016, he co-founded Juro, an online platform designed to make creating, altering and signing contracts a lot quicker. But Richard followed an unusual path to get there, leaving his job as a lawyer pursue his mission to improve the way we deal with contracts. Lawyers
2: tend to be very detail-minded, risk-averse. They're not naturally sort of lending
1: themselves to being entrepreneurs. This is a story all about identifying a problem and learning how to create and sell the solution. Wolf well, bill by the hour.
2: So if you bill by the hour and someone says, do you want to save time? You go, kind of yes,
1: kind of no. Last year, Juro processed 500,000 contracts but Richard's hoping it will eventually become the default platform for contracts across the world.
2: Well, the funny thing about contracts is really everyone uses them. So we sometimes think contracts are for lawyers and I come from a legal background, but actually, you know, we all interact with contracts, whether that's signing our employment contract when we get a new job, maybe a consulting agreement if you're a freelancer, if you're leasing a house, for example, or a flat. We interact with these documents, but generally the process of agreeing those documents is a very manual, archaic process. It tends to involve assembling Microsoft Word documents, saving them as PDFs. We now have e-signature, which can help a little bit. But most of that process is pretty manual. And to most people who aren't deeply involved in the law, it's a very confusing process as well. So when we started Juro, really what we wanted to do is build a very streamlined tool and service that would allow people to create, execute, and manage legal contracts very easily in the browser, online, and in one place
1: to get to this point where you're running Juro as it is at the moment, I imagine you've gone through a bit of a journey. You sort of mentioned you've got a background in, in legal as it is. Can you sort of talk us through your story, I suppose, how you got to where Juro is now?
2: So my story is quite an unusual one in that I came from a legal background, as you say, which is not a kind of traditional path for an entrepreneur. So you know, lawyers tend to be uh, very detailed-minded, risk-averse. They're not naturally sort of lending themselves to being entrepreneurs. But The experience that I had as a lawyer especially being frustrated by manual process taught me that there definitely was a problem to be solved in this area and I think having had that personal experience and experienced the pain gives you a lot of confidence that you can get out and and build a solution but really that was the early part of my career and that's that's almost 10 years ago since I stopped being a lawyer since then I went to business school so I went to INSEAD just outside Paris which is where I met my co-founder, Pavel, and we run Juro together. And then I I got a role in products for a company called LegalZoom, which was a US legal tech company that was emerging. And and I didn't really know what product was, but I I got this gig and I learned what it would take to actually build amazing software that people love in a legal context. So a lot of of what I've done has been really specialized in this area. of course, the more you get into running a company, the more you realize that, you know, yes, the specialist subject matters a little bit, but all of the other things of how you build a great organization and a great team, uh, how you raise funding, are all the same challenges that everyone else faces. So I've I really had to learn those on the job through making mistakes, through trial and error, and through figuring things out.
1: You sort of mentioned the funding element there. And I understand you've, you've been quite successful with, with several rounds of funding so far. What do you think it is about Duro that's sort of excited investors?
2: So it's always a hard thing to answer. I think, you know, sometimes you have to ask the investors themselves, but I think the journey we went on. We tend to look at really sort of three things. So team traction and technology, right? So team, do we have the right group of people that could execute on this opportunity? And I think Jury were lucky in that I came from a legal background. We had that kind of legal DNA in the team, which was certainly helpful when we sell our software to in-house legal teams. So understanding the customer, very important. Powell came from a computer science background, the technology background. So we had this cross-functional team. And as we built it, we built in great designers and great commercial folks, a great people and talent team. And I think that was exciting to the investors, which is, you know, it's hard to build a, a specialized cross-functional team. On the technology, I think our vision has always been that we should become the default way to agree terms online, which is a big vision. And that's something that, you know, I think appealed to our venture capital investors like Point Nine Capital and Seed Camp uh, and Union Square Ventures and Eight Rows. And then um traction. So I think you know we found that there was a real pressing need for what we're building. And that meant that our early customers, many of whom are still customers, you know, five years later, were pulling the product. And even though the product wasn't fully built, they were using it and were paying for it. So we we're able to point to traction and, and fast growth as well. And I think you know fundraising is every entrepreneur I speak to says what a nightmare it is. And certainly for us, we faced tons of rejection along the way I think you just have to kind of keep on in that core belief that there is a big problem solve it you can solve it and you just need to find the right partners to do that with
1: some of the companies that have been your customers companies like Deliveroo Kazoo and Curve all quite young quite new businesses do you think some of the more sort of long-standing older companies need more convincing before becoming one of your customers It's a really good question. So you're
2: absolutely right that the sort of early customers of Juro were all these kind of venture-backed technology businesses. And the thing they all had in common was they're processing loads and loads of contracts. So you mentioned Deliveroo and Kazoo. These are very, very fast-growing companies, thousands of contracts processed per year. And Juro is the the platform through which they can can do that. I think the other aspect of that is obviously very forward-looking legal teams in those companies. So people really willing to do things in a new way. And if you think as a lawyer, you might spend three hours a day in email and, and Microsoft Word. You're suddenly transitioning completely to Juro. It's, it's quite a radical shift. So we definitely found our community there. We now have a community of 700 in-house lawyers. It's the largest community of its type in, in Europe. And a lot of them are that profile of kind of early adopter. I think as as we've grown and our revenue has grown over time, we've been able to find more and more customers of a more perhaps traditional backgrounds. Uh, so these might be corporates who are maybe a little bit larger, better established. And the funny thing is, in those companies, even though we think of them as very kind of corporate and established, there are still great champions there. Um, So we work with some automotive companies and financial services companies, some of which are more than 100 years old. Still, you find those champions who are sitting at their desk, incredibly frustrated by the manual process they're going through and willing to work with a challenger vendor like us. And I, I think those those are the real heroes, right? Because there's so much, it's such a headwind when you're trying to force that change in an organization at that time. And it takes time, it may take six months to actually be able to buy the
1: software, but when you get there, you can create this amazing change. You know, in terms of convincing, I suppose, businesses to take on Duro, what are some of the challenges, or I suppose more interesting challenges that you face? Because as you said, you're trying to sell something that will take a while to implement, that is completely new to a lot of people in a lot of industries, really.
2: Yeah, so the challenges to get Jura adopted are threefold, really. So the the first is, is this a product that people want? And I think this is the, the big mistake that a lot of startups make is they you build a product that pe- you think people want, but they don't actually want. So we spend a huge amount of time speaking to users, doing user research, trying to get a really granular handle of like what, what exactly do they need to solve and how can Chiro do that? And it's become an obsession. I mean, a real design obsession within the company to build something that's just amazing. And that's, that's part of the battle. If you, if you can do that, then there's going to be a certain amount of pull. And and many of our customers are coming to us from recommendations from other customers, uh, people who leave a company, go to a new company. If you give them a great service, that, that will bring growth. I think the second is navigating business-to-business sales. It's very different from if you sell bananas online. There's one person who buys the banana, one person who eats the banana, right? Whereas if you're selling this software that we sell, the number of people involved in contracts is quite high. So you've got people in legal, people in sales, people in HR, in finance, executives. So you've got to navigate those processes. And We built this fantastic commercial team who have really kind of worked hard to understand that pattern. And then I think the third thing is ensuring that the people who are building and selling Juro are the right people and people who we believe, you know, live our values. And so outside of the whole, you know, building a thing and selling it, you've got to build a team that actually customers want to work with. And I found that to be a real advantage where... You know, we have a, a tricky deployment or a tricky customer, you know, very entrenched in their ways. Just having a superstar in our implementation team who really is empathetic, is listening to the customer, etc. that makes a vast difference. So yeah, part of it's software, part of it's people as well.
1: I watched a couple of videos of, of how Duro works just to get my head around it myself. And I was sold quite quickly on the idea. <laughs> and it just made me think, why has it taken so long for this kind of thing? to come about? It's a really good question. I think I've never yet met a person who's told me
2: that they didn't find working with contracts painful. That includes lawyers, that includes journalists. Everyone finds it a bad process. So it's a really good question. It's like, well, why hasn't it been solved? And it's something we looked at in the early days. We sort of as co-founders looked at each other and we're like, well, you know, I think we know the solution here, but what are we missing? I mean, you know, this has been a problem for a while like Microsoft Word has been out since 1983, right? So we're talking for sort of forty years of this word email tennis process, um, and there, there are a few reasons for it. I mean, one is uh, you know we, we don't work with law firms, right? We work with in-house legal teams, but law, law firms bill by the hour. So if you bill by the hour and someone says, do you want to save time? You go kind of yes, kind of no, <laughs> right? Because if we're streamlining our work, maybe maybe we're going to bill less. That's a structural problem, I think, with law firms. And many of the better law firms are moving away from that you know, billable hour model. But that, that has been a, a bit of a problem. I think lawyers are risk averse and rightly, you want your lawyer to be risk averse, right? You don't want them to be taking gambles. So that can sometimes make change a little bit harder.
1: Let's take a break now in part two, Richard talks security online, job losses and artificial intelligence. Some of the things that really
2: excite us is how you can use AI and machine learning to start to help lawyers do some of the more complex jobs.
0: wherever you get your podcast, Thanks for listening.
1: I was going to ask, you know, you talk a lot about email tennis, which is something that everyone deals with. Are you sort of aiming for Juro to become the norm? Everyone uses it for contracts.
2: So our, our vision is to become the default way to agree contracts online. So the way today is Word, email, PDF, Maybe an e-signature platform. If you're lucky, uh, we used to print stuff and and scan it. Fortunately, no one has a scanner now, and we're saving a lot of, of a lot of pieces of paper. And then and you've got to store it, right? So you've got to store it in Google Drive or wherever it is. So you know, we found this thing that sort of currently takes like five tools to go and agree one contract. We think by having an all-in-one platform, you just go to Juro and you could could agree it. And I think in the future, we want to get to a state where people say, look, do we wanna actually waste a lot of time here on manual process? Or maybe if each of us just uses Juro as a collaborative platform for this, we're both gonna save a lot of time.
1: In terms of the tech, I'm personally quite interested in in tech and things like AI and machine learning and that kind of thing. Is this a lot more simple than those kinds of things or does it use elements of, of either at all? We've looked at
2: elements of, of AI, so machine learning, natural language processing, quite a bit in contracts. I think you know, m- most of our focus over the last year has been actually in building out the core platform. So ensuring that we have a great editor for contracts, ensuring that we integrate with other tools really easily, ensuring the user experience is um, particularly refined and easy. So getting a lot of those basics right. I think looking ahead, some of the things that really excite us is how you can use AI and machine learning to start to help lawyers do some of the more complex jobs. Right. So there's the basic jobs, which are you've got to populate a template and you've got to, you know, exchange a, a document. You've got to compare versions. You've got to sign it. You can do all that. Over time, the exciting thing is you can start to predict actually what people should negotiate based on past behavior. So if, for example, you know, the evening standard is signing 50 employment contracts a year of whatever it is, and there's some negotiation in those terms, if you use jury, actually know what the negotiation points are. That will help you then to inform, you know, what drafting you need. Very hard, meaty challenge, but an exciting one. We really see that as a partnership between lawyer and the machine, right? So lawyers are augmented by having this really smart technology to help them out. And as a lawyer, I would have loved that, right? That, that would have really helped me. What we don't think we can replace is that human judgment Right. So the, the, the thing that you, you just know when you have a good lawyer and you know when you have a bad lawyer with is what does all that experience and, and logic and thinking do? And we're just a really long way away from that, I think, in the AI. But there's some really simple things that we can absolutely help
1: with. That sort of brings me on to my next question where I was going to ask, you know, people will hear about this kind of tech saving time, doing jobs people don't want to do and think job losses. Is that sort of the aim? Are you sort of aiming to, to save companies money by using this instead of people in any way?
2: We thought about this quite a lot in the early days, which is why well, we're automating on this process. The interesting reaction from the users is actually tends not to be one of fear of job loss. It tends to be one of delight, which is essentially the technology is going to be doing the absolute worst part of my job that I don't want to do. And that means I can reallocate my time into higher value tasks. So we actually see it more as a win-win there. And, you know, I, w- I was surprised by that as well. And I think, you know, there's, the more we learn about, you know, people, especially in kind of desk jobs you know, in London or wherever it may be, it's a lot of people just frustrated by doing a you know, hell of a lot of manual low-value tasks and that getting in the way of, like, one, them being able to do the job they really want to do, two, being able to learn new things, and three, being able to go home on time or being able to switch off at their desk and, you know, walk to the kitchen if they're working from home and and have a normal life. So actually, we think this is a, a big positive.
1: One of the other things that sort of came to mind when I was thinking about this tech was the security around these contracts. Obviously, when you're sending things online for some person to sign, I mean, are there vulnerabilities that could mean bad actors exploiting this technology?
2: We spend a lot of time on information security and we have whole teams that work on these things because no software is ever 100% safe, right? And that includes, by the way, exchanging Microsoft Word files on email, right? So if you email that to the wrong person, it's lost forever, right? I think you know, Jura actually improves on the status quo, and we do that with features like you know we have a contract locking feature. So if you share a contract with a URL and you no longer want it to be visible, you can just lock it. We have time-limited URLs, right? So if you share a link, you can say, "Well, this is going to be available for two days." You can't do that with Google Docs. You can't do that with sharing a, a file over an email. So on the one hand, of course, we have this huge migration to the cloud, and uh, you know, I think the. Cloud is forecast to grow to 500 billion or so this year. So there's massive growth happening here and it's being adopted everywhere. And I think as long as the, the access controls are secure, the protocols followed are right, actually software can give you a more secure way of operating than what you had previously. Uh, but of course, it comes with risks. And it's something you know we, we invest in a lot in and take extremely seriously.
1: Richard, my final question for you. What would you say to young people? young entrepreneurs hoping to, to reach the position of CEO of a company one day?
2: So I think that the biggest learning I've really had in my job, so I've been running Juro for you know, five, five, six years, um, first time CEO, right? And in the early days, it's funny, you give yourself this title CEO, but there's only two people in the company. So uh, it always seems funny. And now, you know, we have 100 people in the company, and we're growing really, really fast. And so actually, you kind of grow into this role. Well, I think that the, the number one thing I've learned really is all companies are people games, right? So no matter what you're doing, what you're selling, what the services are, I think one thing that has paid huge dividends for us as a company is just the common decency and the empathy of understanding fellow human beings. And that's not something you need a degree for, right? That's not something that you need to be very, you know, academically clever at. You don't need to be highly experienced at. You need to be a good person. And I think if you start by being a good person, it can have a huge effect. And I think the thing that can give young entrepreneurs a lot of confidence, you know especially if you 're not coming from this sort of you know amazing c v background and whatever else, is you only really have three tasks you 've got to make sure you find a problem that 's worth solving you 've got to be able to solve that problem, and then you 've got to be able to build together a group of people who are going to execute on that in the long term Now, none of those things require a degree right and and I think the thing that you need to ask yourself as an entrepreneur is actually, do you love building groups of people? Do you love developing people? Do you love working with people? And are you the right kind of person for that? And if you are, you know, you've gone at least 50% of the way. The rewarding thing is in whatever you're doing, is if you build a company where people are excited to come to work every day, actually you've improved at least, you know, in the case of Jura hundred people's lives. If you build a great product as well, you're going to improve the world a little bit more. So always thinking from the very early days about people first is of paramount importance.
1: That was Richard Maybe, CEO of Juro. For all the latest business news, interviews and features, head to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the evening Standard newspaper. How to be a CEO is back first thing Monday
0: morning. wherever you get your podcast thanks for listening normally being a little extra can be a bit much